My name is Melanie Studley, and seven years ago, I wanted to divorce my husband, Seth, who happens to be a therapist. However, we did not get a divorce. Instead, we documented the process of repairing our nearly failed marriage. Part of the power is it's so unspoken. Like, you're such a jerk about it. I would rather be divorced than fight like this all the time. So join us as we interview couples, therapists, doctors, and more on the all-new Stronger Marriages podcast. Subscribe on iTunes or visit strongermarriages.com forward slash podcast. All right. Uh, this this is the, uh, the, the kid that grew up in holy rolling churches where people thought that... Uh, being blessed was equivalent with running around the church and yelling. And if you didn't run around the church yelling, you got shortchanged that night at Revival. And this is a kid that didn't know whether to laugh my ass off at it or be scared to death of it. Amen. (laughs) And Jack, who are you? I'm the guy who went a little bit Pentecostal, but Let's just say I never inhaled. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And this is the Pastor With No Answers. And this is an episode that I've wanted to do a very long time. And, and actually, it is based on a series of YouTube videos. They're about nine minutes each. So I would encourage you uh, to go to our Pastor With No Answers Facebook page so you can watch these. I think you will be intrigued. But if not, we'll give you a good enough summary on here, and this will be a self-contained episode sufficient in, in speaking for these videos. But you can go to pastorwithnoanswers.com just to link right to our Facebook page. But basically, there's a guy named Andrew Strom, and to give you a little context, he does have a charismatic background, so he's not the sort of person that says hogwash to, you know, speaking in tongues and uh, feeling the Holy Spirit prophesying and all of that. And yet he has some very strong words for a lot of the most recent, as in uh, early 80s to modern day, and a lot of the most current movements of of the Pentecost, and and for those of you that may not know what Pentecost is, it's, it's based on Acts two when the Holy Spirit came down uh, for the first time, birthed the church, and there were some uh, there's some speaking in tongues, and from that point there was a lot of miracles and things like that. So Pentecostal movement is kind of uh, a lot of the a lot of the crazy stuff, but supposedly according to Andrew Strom, uh, Rodney Brown. Um, a very influence, uh, influential leader in the charismatic movement, uh, prayed over a bunch of key leaders, some of the bigger names. And uh, when he was praying over them, there was uh, some very bizarre, um, I would say freaky, very freaky, spooky, like intensely spooky, laughing, neck jerking, uh, drunk talking. There was a conversation he had with uh, Kenneth Copeland on this video, and it was just insane. I mean, it was it was like two drunk dudes that were speaking gibberish, and the whole crowd was laughing out of joy because they were apparently full of the Holy Spirit. Well, Andrew Strom theorizes that the potential is very high. That's I'll I'll say that the potential is very high, but I think he would say, "Come on." It's obvious that this is uh, too similar to a Hindu 
spiritual movement, which would be uh, New Age, Eastern mysticism, and I think it's actually called the Kundalini spirit. Is am I saying that right, Jared? I think that I think that's right, right for what I saw. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So looking at this video, you you see the 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 comparison of people in India that are worshiping their Hindu gods and the sorts of things that their body. Uh, does the sorts of noises that their mouths make and just so many similarities and bottom line is he's making some very very keen observations and making some very strong points that that I'm sure people can disagree with but before we dive right into that topic and I, and I want to talk a little bit about the 2008 Todd Bentley um, ordeal that a lot of us remember because it was only nine years ago. But let's let's get some context with myself, Jack, and Jared, uh, where we stand on on Pentecostal stuff. And so let's just say, in general, uh, if if it's possible to do these things in a God honoring, healthy way, uh, do we believe in speaking in tongues, uh, passing out? because of the Holy Spirit, uh, gifts of healing, prophecy, and that sort of thing. Um, I will say that I do believe in speaking in tongues. I don't really understand it, and I don't think I have my theology uh, concretized, so to speak. Like, I'm not sure what I believe about it, but if I had to guess, there's too many people that I respect and know personally that are convinced and seem to carry it out in a pretty healthy manner. I, but honestly, I don't know about like falling down in the spirit and, and those sorts of things. Uh, my brother and I both grew up in these environments and saw it all. Uh, now looking back on it, I just don't, I don't know what I think. I, I do believe that God can heal through people. I'm not so sure if I believe that it's, that it happens a lot, but uh, as you can see, my mind is pretty open to the spirit moving here in 2017. How about you, Jack? Um, so, so, so you just talking about sort of my, my, my background and my feelings or... Yeah, yeah, kind of more, more your feelings on, you know, the... the... Well, so let, let me put this... So I, I ask it that way because, you know, my, my feelings about it are really tied to... You know, I wasn't joking when I said I, I dabbled in it. You know, when I was in high school, um, I... Um, you know, in addition to uh, the 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 church youth group at the church I was attending, uh, which is you know Seacoast Church where I work now, in addition to attending that youth group, I also started attending this. Um, I don't even know what it was. I, it, it wasn't a youth group. The church was too small, but it was sort of like this once a week Friday night sort of small group get together thing at a at a at a local, very small, charismatic church. Um, I don't even know how big it was. I mean, a couple dozen people maybe, and, and I can't remember how I – well, actually, I do remember how I got hooked up with them. Yeah. Um, but uh, anyway, and so I, I, I hung out with those guys, spent a lot of time with those guys for at least uh, at least a year, maybe yeah. a year and a half. And, and my feelings about the movement are very much sort of bound up in my feelings about those people. Um, because I, yeah, I didn't leave because anything that was, that was bad or nothing happened. I just kind of stopped going. And, uh, and so, you know, I've always had a, a fondness for those people and, it, you know, I was kind of struck w- with some characteristics that I thought were 
common to a lot of the people in that church. Um, some things they were looking for, sort of a, and again, I can always speak from my experience, a, a almost a, a spiritual exhaustion. Yeah. Um, in terms of, you know, sort of chasing these things and, um, and, and, and so anyway, I, you know, I know it's, it's, it's whatever my feelings are about sort of the, the crazier aspects of it. I have a hard time divorcing that from sort of these, these people that I knew and, and felt very warmly towards. And so I, I guess, you know, here, here's what I would say. There are a lot of people, um, who are very, uh, very sincere in their, in their sort of their desire to pursue God and see the charismata as a side benefit of that. Yeah. And then there are people who it is, that is their high. And if they don't get that at the service, it is not worship. Yeah. Um, you know, it is sort of like, um, I, I mean, it really is like drugs in the sense of, um, they, they need it. And, yeah. Um, and I do think that had something to do with some people I knew where, you know, I would sense this exhaustion from them. I remember one episode very clearly with uh, a husband and his wife who hosted the group at their home and they were just so tired and just sort of beat up by life. And, and the, the, the church wasn't helping and it wasn't helping in the sense of it was just sort of draining them even more to do these things and yep. to be a part of these things. Um, so anyway, so there's that whole amount to, and there's there's the leaders, which uh, I don't know if I have a whole lot of nice things to say about the leaders. They didn't um, touch you, did they, Jack? Uh, well, there's always a lot of, it's always a lot, you know, touching uh, in charismatic <laughs> churches. I mean, wait, what are we talking about here? Yeah, I'm wondering we, the same thing. Oh is that why is that why you sent me this doll and you said to like show on the doll where <laughs> no just gotcha you know, the only touching is like the there are a lot of very burly men who had their head like their hand like a vice on my forehead yeah you know like their fingers and thumb at either side of my temples like if you don't receive the holy spirit i'm gonna turn your brain into jelly yeah um that was about it though <laughs> yeah how about you jared yeah i mean i guess both of you guys, I agree with you. You, you articulated very well. I mean, with Joey, um, I definitely am open to uh, manifestations of the Spirit, speaking in tongues. Um, I just think that oftentimes the way it's it's done in churches is really scary. Yeah. I think for you know a, a seeker to come into church, that would just kind of spook them out. They'd probably never want to come back. I think there's also Pentecostal bullying where you feel like if you don't receive those gifts, you're somehow a second-rate you know Christian citizen or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then what Jack was saying too, I think I think there are there are plenty of people out there um, that really just kind of seek this as a high. So yeah. it's not really necessarily about being empowered by the Holy Spirit; it's getting these these weird effects and kind of pursuing those as an end in itself. Yeah, yeah, Jared, you know who this person is, and and Jack, you ran uh, circles back in the day. You may even know who this person is. All that to say, I'm not going to say who this person is, but in but youth, I, I know this person you said, yeah, I th- yeah, you definitely know. Okay. Uh, so okay. in, in youth group, I remember there is a, there was a kid that was kind of in a similar situation as Jack that he was attending our youth group and I was pretty good friends with him, but he was also going to one of these sorts of learn how to let the Holy spirit take control, learn how to yield to the spirit and so he went through this this kick, and I, I'm, I'm not trying to say that in a, in a shallow, shallow way, but it, it really was something that he was going through to where we would be in a worship service, 
on a Sunday morning, and he would be standing there, and he would start to shake. And then his whole body would start to shake. And it and it did not look like he was putting on. Like, it was just like, good gosh. And, and back at back in the day, I was just like, I mean, I guess that's the Holy Spirit. Why would he be doing anything else other than submitting to the Holy Spirit? He would eventually fall to the ground and be shaking violently, very similar to some of the stuff that you see on these videos. And, Jared, th- this was at the church that I went to in high school. They would actually... Uh, kind of escort them out. And I remember at the time, I was just like, you know, for a Pentecostal church to impede upon the Holy Spirit and, and what the Holy Spirit's trying to do in this guy's life, I was just like, I'm very surprised they did that. Now, looking back on it, I mean, I totally support it. It, it was a distraction. It doesn't seem to be, who have been what, what God was doing to everyone. But I remember him clearly saying, leave me alone, like the Spirit is working in me or something. But it was freaky and reminds me a yeah. lot of this uh, sort of stuff that we saw on the video. So here, here's the crazy thing about this. And Jared, these, these probably are not, weren't familiar names with you, but, but Bill Johnson is mentioned. He's one of the more prominent names, uh, Bethel, uh, church and Reading Bethel worship is, is like a huge thing now selling hundreds of thousands of albums. I'm throwing that number out there, maybe millions. I mean, it's, it's a, it's getting up there with Hillsong and uh, so, so just a, a, a random thing that, that I thought was just jaw-dropping was you had Todd Bentley back in 2008, Lakeland Revival, uh, very bizarre stuff, um, the stuff that he was saying, the stuff that he was doing, the stuff that he was claiming. And were you aware of that when it was happening? Yes, because okay. our, our pastors at Seacoast were kind of instructing us how to walk this out because left and right, we had people coming up to us and say, hey, I went to Lakeland. Do you want me to pray over you? Because I have what they have and, and you need it. Right. Uh, and just yeah. different things like that. So we were kind of instructed. And, and I, I thought Pastor Greg's advice was just great. I mean, he said, just, you know, we'll we'll know a, a tree by its fruit. Let's just wait, see what the fruit is. And and sure enough, Todd Bentley, it came out, and I'm not knock, I'm not knocking the guy. I know we all sin, but here's a guy leading a huge revival, all these prominent charismatic leaders supporting him. And during the revival, and and obviously beforehand, he he had an ongoing affair with somebody on his staff, and uh, so his marriage falls apart. And that and and. And another reason I forgot what it was, uh, basically the revival shut down. Now, this revival, you got to realize it was probably the most broadcasted thing in Christian history when it comes to uh, TV, the amount of people that were tuning in. I mean, I, it, it just was it was commonplace to, to hear other Christians say, hey, are you watching Lakeland Revival tonight? I mean, it was every single night people did, were did getting... You? Um, Did you tune in to see what was all out about? of curiosity, not out of yeah, okay. uh, I'm really into this. In fact, there were some right, friends right. of ours that Priscilla and I kind of cautioned and said, "Hey, you guys are really getting wrapped up into this, and a lot of this stuff this guy's saying, y'all can't really buy into, and some of this, this stuff that he's doing." Well, anyway, fast forward, I don't know, a year or two, and he ends up marrying the woman that he was cheating with, and then a lot of these prominent leaders tried to reinstate him into ministry and get this thing going again. So it's just like, I think what Jack says is so pertinent to this conversation. It's like a drug that everybody says, no, that if if it's supernatural, then it has to be of God, and nothing can stop it. Sin, nothing. Uh, families wrecked, nothing. We've got to keep going. I mean, almost like, well, the enemy had a little bit of say in breaking up his family, but, you know, he we can't let this thing be stopped. Well, Andrew Strom, the guy that is narrating these videos, 
uh, like I said, he's making a huge case for this, these spiritual movements that, that you see depicted as being um, Hindu, Eastern mysticism, Kundalini uh, spirits. And I, I'm curious, just just the main point that he was making, the main theme of this being that, hey, these are deceiving anti-Jesus spirits that have been uh, saturated into the Christian charismatic movement unknowingly to us because, you know, obviously I don't think these guys would be doing this on purpose. What do you all think about that general premise and that sort of deception being in the church? I mean, I, th- I think that his his uh, analysis is spot on. I mean, when you look at these, when you look at the behavior exhibited by the people in the revival churches versus the Hindus, I mean, they look almost identical to me. Um, and I do believe that that a lot of these um, New Age religions and a lot of these um, you know non Christian religions, I think oftentimes they do tap into real spiritual a real spiritual realm, and they have, they have access to real spiritual powers. So it seems to me that if, if you have someone who um, is looking for a spiritual high, it could take them down you know, the wrong path, yeah. and they could have access to these, you know, these malevolent spirits. I, th- I think it could certainly happen. Yeah. I think it did happen. Now, what about you, Jack? What was your yeah, take well, on it? Yeah, well, you know, a couple things. When I was watching that, uh, the YouTube video, uh, you, uh, you, Senator Joey, the guy you're talking about, Andrew Strom, I, I sort of had two thoughts. I have no idea who this guy is, right. and I have no idea what Kundalini is. Right. So there's every, like, as far as I know, he just made up this word and yeah. is showing, like, like I have no idea if that, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's a guy on the internet. Right. And so in that sense, I, I, I kind of, I, I have no opinion on the specifics of what he's talking about in terms of Hinduism and whatever Kundalini is and whether that's related, just because I have no idea what that is. Right. Um, and I don't know anything about him. So, you know, like I said, he's just a guy on the internet, uh, as far as I'm concerned. And, uh, and now in terms of, you know, it's like the stuff that Jerry was saying in terms of, you know, uh, spirits or sort of, uh, harmful, deceitful spiritual forces infiltrating the church. I mean, of course that happens. Uh, it happens happens all the time. I think it happens in every single church to some degree. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't think there's any church that is ever going to be free from, uh, you know, sort of spiritual oppression. Um, and it takes a lot of different forms. And I, I think to me, the thing about the charismatic movement, especially in our culture that makes it really, uh, dangerous and, and difficult to distinguish in terms of, is this real? Is this fake? Is this demonic? Whatever. Um, the thing that really, that is really harmful is, um, that is that Western culture is, has really lost its ability to engage in the supernatural because I think that we are so technological and we are so proud of our rationality and our common sense and are dependent on, I mean, I, and I'm not, well, whatever, you know, sort of the, the science and science has all the answers and look, I've got nothing against science, but, but there's certainly this deal where our spiritual muscles have atrophied in our culture. Yeah. Um, and you know, we tend to look at other cultures, 
um, and cultures of the past that talk about, you know, their, their sprites in the river or there are, you know, elves in the forest or fairies. You know, the idea that like there are fairies and sprites everywhere and, and that there are spiritual forces everywhere that you need to be careful that they'll, you know, they're, they're always looking for people who aren't wary. And we kind of look at that stuff, um, in, in other cultures and in, in, you know, Western culture long ago was sort of, oh, those silly credulous people who believed in fairies. Um, but you know, the deal is that I, I really believe that, you know, we are, our culture, modern Western culture is the aberration in human history where we assume that, you know, like if there's a spiritual realm, it's pretty minor, and you can't really, it can't really do anything to you. It can only, you can only sort of actively engage it. You can't sort of passively engage it. You can't sort of fall into it or be affected by it um, unless you reach out to it. And, and I think that's absurd. And I really think that, um, y- you know, if, if you play a sport for a long time and you train certain muscles and then you stop that sport, those, those muscles start to atrophy and you lose the ability to use those muscles in those particular ways that you were able to before. And I think our culture is really atrophied in our spiritual muscles. And I really do think that other cultures and past cultures were able to engage with the supernatural, sense the supernatural, understand supernatural, the supernatural in ways that we, I think, not, not just won't, but can't. Like I, I genuinely feel like Western, especially like modern American culture, has lost the ability to engage in the supernatural in a very profound way. Now, well, um, let me stop you there. So a lot of these people that were at a lot of these services, or, or I mean, let's just say Bethel Church, Bill Johnson, yeah. huge name, IHOP, uh, International House of Prayer, which is affected by a lot of the stuff that we're talking about, these, these people would say... How could you say that you just you just saw those videos of us and us partaking in the spirit? So, like, what you know, if if someone uh, really, uh, you know, if if you were forced to explain what is actually going on in those church services, I mean, you think it's it's well. That that's kind of that's kind of my point, though. The the well, how can you say? Look what we're experiencing. My deal was like, yes, exactly. You've you know you were experiencing these things and you don't know what to do with them. Um, it's, it's kind of like, uh, it's, it's, it's kind of like, um, going to a different culture, uh, like traveling internationally and not, not understanding a lot of the customs and your interactions are always kind of halting because you don't know, you don't know tone. You don't know what, you know, what's going on. Like if someone says something to you that, would normally seem really blunt or offensive. It might not be. And so, and so again, so this is what I'm talking about. So in our culture, I really feel like we don't know how to engage the spiritual realm. So when we do, it's something that we have no idea what we're messing around with. So it's like, Oh, well look, we can engage with. Yeah. And do you have any idea what that is? Do you have any sense for whether that's good or is it just the power that you're feeling? So, so what if, you're saying is this this atrophy is equating with a lack of discernment. Like because of this atrophy, we can't discern spirits. I, I think that's part of it. Like, um, you know, so so J.R.R. Tolkien was sort of a guy who had this view that you know, and again, he was he was, you know, his formative Tolkien's formative experience was World War One, 
and World War One. You know, if you if you read Lord of the Rings, the battlefields and the armies and the technology, like it, it recalls the battlefields of World War One and their horror and their so, sort of unfeeling machinery. Um, and and he was, you know, and, and this is sort of the whole deal of of uh, I'm getting real nerdy now. The whole sort of mythos of of Middle Earth and Lord of the Rings is that this is a world that is gradually sort of losing touch with, um, if you want to call it the magical nature of things. That's why the elves are leaving Middle Earth and all that. And, and, and that was something that Tolkien felt in general about our world with, you know, sp- like spirituality, that people are sort of losing this sense of the supernatural and that there are these spirits and things that exist in this world that we interact with and they're there and we, we, now we think they're not. And so, yeah. So, so when you lose your ability to, to interact with that realm and when you sort of assume that that realm is silly or that it can't do anything to you, then yeah, you, you, you lose the ability to interact with it in ways that are good um, or, or in ways that have understanding. Hey, what's up? This is Jason Wisdom from the band Death Therapy. And um, I just got done watching the video, and I sort of have two divergent thoughts on it. Number one, I want to give people the benefit of the doubt whenever possible. And so the people that are participating in this sort of charismatic behavior, I want to say, you know, they probably love the Lord and they're probably genuine people. Um, So my real question is of the people who are in the leadership. And that seems to be what the guy who did the documentary is also saying. He doesn't seem to be blaming the people. And I appreciate that from what he's saying. Um, and, and I also want to say, like, just because something seems weird or, you know, those guys shaking his head around and they do that in Hinduism, like, I don't think any of that necessarily means anything. Like, it, it is it is suspicious and it is strange, but... It doesn't necessarily follow that, oh, okay, well, that definitely means it's a demon or, oh, that definitely means it's false or it's weird, so it's bad. Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't go with any of that. On the opposite side of that, like, um, my other thought is I've, I've actually really been interested in looking into this whole thing and researching it. Um, and when, when I watched a documentary that's actually um, for, by an atheist magician named Darren Brown from the U.K., he has a documentary called Miracles for Sale. And in that, he he hires an actor, trains him to become a faith healer, and they go to Texas and um, and basically fool all these people. So, so as much as I want to give people the benefit of the doubt, it really, like, seeing something like that and then watching this documentary, it's like a super eye-opening kind of like, man, the power of suggestive peer pressure and emotional manipulation and even so far as people can, you know, experience a type of healing, um, and things that is really tangible to them. Like it's, all I can say is it's amazing, it's amazing, um, to see what's going on and, and it definitely opens my eyes and makes me question and be concerned about how people might be manipulated and abused emotionally in that way. That would be my concern. So, yeah. Let, let's get let's get super specific. The there were some scenes where you have you have people that are talking, and as they're talking, 
I mean, their head is violently shaking all over the place to the point where I can't even believe that their words are getting into the microphone. It's going so crazy. I have a really hard time, like, having, I guess, bringing that into how how God would work. It just doesn't make any sense. So, so I'd, I'd put it this way. When you read the Gospels or when you read about Paul's ministry, obviously, you know, you've got miracles and you've got supernatural stuff and maybe even in Acts some stuff that were a little like, whoa, that's crazy. But with Jesus, I mean, his miracles, they're just kind of kick ass. Like, um, oh, we ran out of wine. Let's turn the water into wine. Or, oh, these people are hungry. I'm not going to send them away. I'm going to multiply the fish and the loaves. Or, oh, she's sick. You think she's going to die? Oh, actually, she's healed. Go home. Everything's cool. I I didn't see, like, Peter in the boat, and Jesus says, hey, walk out here, and then Peter walks out and starts shaking his head, flopping it around, saying, you know, oh, wow, I'm walking on water. Like, is it? would it be okay for Christians, do you guys think, to look at that and say, that just doesn't line up with 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 Jesus like that that seems to fall out of bounds to the point where I I just I have a hard time with uh you know thinking back on a lot of the stuff that my brother and I grew up in and the churches that we grew in like what what is the point of like running around yelling I mean maybe they're excited about heaven like I, I don't know but it just seems like I don't want to judge someone and say hey what you're doing is wrong but I don't know. I, it just seems like a lot of that stuff just is, is a little bit out of bounds. Yeah, I mean, again, it goes back to the whole idea of, you know, bringing in chaos and confusion into church. And I think it does a lot of destruction to people who don't have the same sensibilities, um, especially, you know, new believers or seekers. Um, yeah, exactly. I think it's I think it's counterproductive, in other words. Yeah. So, so Jack, if you had to guess... Like you, you've you've made your point well as far as people not knowing what to do with the spiritual, but I mean, if you if you had to guess, what would you say is even going on in those sorts of things? Oh that, man, don't make me guess. It just doesn't um, interest you. No, um, guessing rarely interests me. Let me put it that way. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, y- 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 here's what I say. You know, you talked about the convulsions. So in terms of what's really going on there. You know, whenever there's stuff like that, you know, there are always two things I think of. One is, like you said, what is the point of that? You know, like what, it, if you want to assume that that is from It's a great God, exercise. You got to get it out. The They're point? burning calories for sure. Yeah, well, right. Because, you know, if there's one thing we all need, it's for our vertebra to be, you know, <laughs> going crazy on. Um, and the other deal is, is okay, uh, you know, where, where do I see that in the Bible? Um, where do I find this sort of behavior in the Bible? Like at least with snake handling, you got Paul getting bit by a snake, you know? <laughs> um, like at least you can say the snakes biting people in the Bible. Um, but there's like, and I'm sure there are others, but there's one thing that this always makes me think of. And, and cause there actually is, there actually are instances of people going into convulsions in the Bible. Yeah. The deal is though, it's, it's, demons right and jesus makes them stop um like like luke 9 uh hold on i've got it right like new luke 9 uh like 37 through 43 is you know the story of this this kid who his dad says hey listen my son has convulsions 
And whenever this thing takes hold of him, it just throws him in the fire and it just throws him all around. And he can't control himself. And so the kid comes to Jesus and he has convulsions right then and there. And Jesus, you know, uh, you know, delivers him from the, from the demon and, and he's healed. And, you know, it's like if your behavior, if the thing in the Bible that your behavior resembles is a demonic possession, that might be a clue that it's not great. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's precisely the point that this guy, Strom, is trying to make. He's, he's paralleling so-called Christian, you know, being filled with the spirit behavior with cultic behavior. And he's saying yeah. they, they look they look identical. So I think that's the same point he's trying to make as well. Now, Jack, do yeah, you right. think do you think someone are are you familiar at all with Bill Johnson? I mean, I know a lot of people. Are... Um, I know I know the name. I, there's some there's some guys in that movement I'm more familiar with, but but it's really time related because again, I, I was more yeah all, you know really into that stuff like 15. I actually yeah like 15, 16, yeah. 17 years ago. So, so Bill Johnson, he 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 seems to claim to be really good at understanding healing and parting healing. I think he makes the claim that Redding, California, the percentage of people that die of sickness is is at an like an all time low. So he's basically saying, look, God wants to heal. So you know, get your ass in the game and let's see some people get healed. You know, super wealthy, I guess, decent looking guy, a lot of charisma, a lot of people follow him. And Bethel is, you know, just exploding in the uh, Christian culture with their worship music and all that stuff. What what amazes me is I, I believe that the vast majority of of teachings that come out of Bethel is is just it's unhealthy because it's it's basically uh, influencing people to have like very high expectations with God giving you stuff. Now, high expectations of God, sure, I think we should all have high expectations of God. If if He's God and He loves us, then yes, I, I, let's let's have high expectations of what God can be in our life. But it's like someone that that pushes you in a way of no god god wants to give you this god i mean god wants to give you gold dust from the sky i mean that that's the kind of stuff that happens at this church where i mean there's there's youtube videos of people coming out of a worship service and it looks like they just got in a glitter war with their niece and they there's stuff all over them i'm just like are you kidding me but then you see people that are are they come out of nowhere and you're like, whoa, I didn't know you believed this stuff. They're just like, oh man, have you ever been to Bethel church, man? There's like gold dust. It's unbelievable. It's like, it's like dust from angels. And it it just makes me think so skeptically of all that stuff. And it's hard for me to believe, and I'm not even sure if I do, that guys like that aren't convinced themselves that all this stuff is true. Like there's something that tells me, I think Bill Johnson as smart as he apparently is, really thinks that stuff is angel dust. And it leads me to someone like Benny Hinn, though. You look at that guy, and, and I'm just going to be very transparent as far as where Joey Svensson stands, just looking at that guy. It seem, he seems like an evil person. And, and there's people that I really respect in the church that are just like, yeah, well, I mean, Benny Hinn did such and such, or, you know, Benny Hinn said this, or this happened at, at I mean, just 
just follow some of the research that's been done and stuff like Benny Hinn Ministries where they can't validate one real healing medically that's even happened and that there are certain people that couldn't even get up on stage because uh, they were in a wheelchair and they could not move at all. So since they couldn't move, you couldn't have them up there because he couldn't make it seem like it's a healing. But, I mean, what do, do you think that someone like Benny Hinn... Is there a possibility? By the way, that he, he, ironically, he denounced the whole Kundalini thing as being demonic. He he said it's not demonic. No, he said it is. He said it Benny is. Hinn, yeah, Benny Hinn denounced the whole Kundalini thing as being demonic. What? Okay, so all the jerking and stuff. He says it's demonic. Yeah, exactly. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Isn't that weird? That's pretty weird, right? That is really <laughs> intriguing. Oh my it's like god! Calling the kettle black. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy because I, I mean I look at Benny Hinn and I think. Man, is that guy even a Christian? And if I had to guess, and and I don't have to guess, and it's not up for me to decide, I would say I think he is an extremely misled Christian. Like, I think Jesus is in there saying, come on, dude. (laughs) Like, (laughs) stop this. This is insane. Do you really, you know, um, Jack, what do you think about guys like Benny Hinn? Uh... I mean, you always want to be careful when you you know making statements about individuals, right? But um, you know, in terms of in in terms of some of those guys live very well, and some of those guys have very nice things, and uh, and uh, some of them are very invested in in staying that way. Yeah, and I think that's what I'll say there. The love of money. Roots, I heard you. That's I, basically I, what you said. <laughs> the lo- I, I, I completely agree 100%. Well, yeah, or the love of bizarrely bad suits. <laughs> I think, I think too, Joey, also, I think in addition to the love of money, I think the, the love of power. Right. I think that I think they're tapping into, I really believe, demo- a lot of these people, demonic power, and I think they, they, they lust after this power. I and mean, they really enjoy the power they have over other people, the power to perform, you know, minor miracles or whatever. So I think it's both. I think it's, I think it's a lust for money and a lust for power. Right. Well, and, and, you know, it's, it's really should be said that, I mean, even let's assume that there is some actual, you know, demonic stuff out there. That's, that's power. Power is absolutely power is power. And it would be very difficult. Um, you know, it would be very difficult I can't imagine how difficult it would be to um, have a setting where there are thousands and thousands of people who are going crazy and a lot of them are there for you. I couldn't handle that. Um, You know, it's, it's, it's one of the reasons I like, I like a church like Seacoast where, you know, no one, the nice thing about Seacoast is no one will ever accuse us of taking ourselves too seriously. Um, (laughs) That's true. That is, that is a nice thing about us that I've always appreciated. Uh, and, and it's, it's very difficult to get a big head at Seacoast. Um, there is something in our culture that I think the other pastors sense that, and, and you will be the butt of most of the jokes at the next, you know, the next meeting. And, uh, somehow we sense when there, when someone needs to be brought down a few pegs Yeah. and, uh, yeah. Yeah, for yeah. sure. For sure. All right. Well, uh, healthy or unhealthy, the, um, the the teach uh, I think it was Bill Johnson's wife that was 
lying on the grave of C.S. Lewis to suck up some of his powers. Uh, healthy or unhealthy, Jared? She, uh, is that, uh, wait, hold on. Is that a real thing? <laughs> yes. It, How? Okay. Dude. Yes. Jared, you saw that, right? No. Yes, it was in it was in uh, part three. Did you watch all three parts? I thought I did, but I oh, dude, reason, it's it's insane. They've got uh, they've they've got a picture of um, someone uh, laying on the grave of Smith Wigglesworth's wife. Um, you've got a bunch of teenagers uh, trying to huddle around a grave. I, I wish I could remember all of them, but one of them was definitely C.S. Lewis. And I think wow. it was Bill Johnson's wife. Bill Johnson was definitely in a picture laying on a grave, uh, soaking up some sort of spirit. But I'm just like, how? Like, how are these people, how, how do they become so well-respected and embraced and revered? It just, it just blows my mind. It's but, precisely hey. what, what Jack said. Jack said we have no discernment. That whole spiritual part of our culture is atrophied, so we really can't test the spirits effectively. Yeah. Well, and there is, there is. I mean, for the record, deal. Jack, if you die before I die, I'll, I probably will lay on your grave. But go ahead. That would be really <laughs> weird. Um, like I'm just imagining, like my wife and like my little boys coming to mourn me, and there's Joey, <laughs> like laying on my the grave. I loved your father, son. <laughs> like I need to yeah, get a little smarter. Okay, really difficult to explain. Uh, yeah. Um, look, well, anyway, like, yes, that is stupid. And if you do that, you were stupid, but <laughs> there's like the, the deal in terms of, you know, you said how these people get so well respected. I mean, I don't want to say that there's a really great example in American culture yeah. of someone who arguably does a little bit crazy gathering a slavish following. I don't want to say that that's a thing that's recently happened. Uh, Is this turning political? (laughs) I I don't, what are you even talking about? I don't want to say that there are examples of people giving enormous amounts of respect to people. Well, actually let me get political. Virtually no politician deserves any level of your like adoration. And for any politician to be adored is loathsome. And any leader who welcomes adoration really should not be in leadership. Yeah. So let me say that. That is not just political. That is, you know, any leader of people who loves the adoration and accepts it gladly should absolutely not be in that position. Yeah. Um, and, and, but like people, People want to love. Uh, people people want leaders to adore. Yeah, and it when they find someone, it does not matter what they do. It does not matter how crazy they are. It doesn't matter how bad they are. Um, if if you if that is your guy, he could do anything, and he'll still be your guy. Yeah, yeah. And when you couple that that desire with these powerful signs. There's your there's your recipe right there. Actually, I'll tell you, like like here's a great example that we all do. So you know, <laughs> like you're you're you know whatever sport you follow, right? The best guy in your team gets arrested. Okay, you were really ready to give him the benefit of the doubt. If it's the worst guy in your team, 
he's guilty, sure, whatever. But if it's the best guy on your team, you are very much ready to believe that there were some extenuating circumstances there, right? Like, you know, the excuses that we make for, for athletes on our teams because they're good and we really need them to play this weekend, you know, as opposed to athletes for other teams that we hate. And so, of course, they're thugs and guilty and despicable human beings. Uh, I mean, we do this all the time with, with people. We, we let people get away with ridiculous things because, um, you know, because we need them to, to play this weekend. <laughs> but I think the difference, the difference here though, I think is the fact that the, that what we deem to be ridiculous and wrong, that's precisely why these people are following these, yeah. these leaders. So, yeah. 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 And for the record, it's called grave sucking. And like if 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 Aaron, Joey, if Aaron Rodgers <laughs> laid down on the grave of Vince Lombardi and was just like trying to suck up I think sports is a different thing. I think sports is a different thing. I think that may work. <laughs> I mean, I think you'd be like, "Listen, that. this is totally understandable, you guys." <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, but I, I'm looking. It's an article on grave sucking. I'm looking at a picture of Benny Johnson, wife There's of Bill. There's not an article on grave sucking. Yes, there is. I'm looking at it. Is it on Snopes? No, it's called Beware of Wolves dot blogspot. <laughs> no, but the pictures the pictures are real. Benny Johnson, wife of Bill Johnson, grave sucking at the grave of C.S. Lewis. Uh, Bill Johnson at the grave of uh, what they who they call false teacher Smith Wigglesworth and Bradford. Um, you've got a bunch of high schoolers. Laying, yeah, it's 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 really crazy. It really is uh, mind boggling. Okay, so so here's here's a really important question, you guys, for both of you. If you could grave suck at anyone's grave, whose grave would you grave suck? <laughs> I'm really gonna think about this. I'm gonna think about this. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask my dad too. I'll get you an answer from uh from the other Jack. If I could grave suck um anybody's grave, I think it would have to be um gosh, this is really hard. I guess uh I guess Papa, he was pretty badass, Jared. I, I think uh if, yeah, <laughs> if I could grave suck his choice. very simple faith and uh yeah, his simple faith, kind of his sim- simple-mindedness to uh, towards life, and his um, joy of the Lord. That that'd be pretty decent. But you know, m- maybe maybe like Kurt Cobain too. It minus the depression. I don't need more depression in my life. But <laughs> I was about to say, you might want to stay away from that one. Exactly. <laughs> what about you guys? Oh man. Uh, I guess. I, I would might say uh, somebody like Picasso. Nice. Just because of his artistic vision and his talent. Nice. All right. And uh, Jack, mine, uh, besides uh, Mr. Rogers, mm. who would be yours? Mm. Well, besides Mr. Rogers, I was thinking, well, yeah, so, and Daniel Tiger is fictional, so not <laughs> Daniel Tiger. Um,. <clears throat> You know what? Just because I'm a jerk, I would grave suck at some random nobody's grave just to confuse other people (laughs) and see if I can get other people to start doing it. Like, you know, like just just some nobody. I think that's what I would do. There you go. All right. Well, we've we've covered it all. Uh, Grave sucking uh, the Kundalini spirit and... Uh, just know, folks, there's a lot of uh, wolves out there, and they're wearing costumes uh, of sheep. 
And so when you see someone that is wearing a sheep costume, you need to listen for growly type noises and uh, different things that can clue you in on them being a wolf. Okay. That's Pastor With No Answers. Thank you, Jack, for being here with us and for clearing a lot of stuff up for us. Thank you very much. I cannot wait to go grave suck. I'm excited. (laughs) 